they couldn't release me on a domestic flight because if, say, I had another seizure and they had to make an emergency landing, I was responsible for it. That's Dan McDowell, and he's my guest today on I Had Cancer. Thank you for tuning in to the I Had Cancer podcast, produced in partnership by iHeartRadio and Allegheny Health Network and hosted by Pittsburgh's Bonnie Diver, a cancer survivor and patient advocate for over 15 years. Okay, so today we are talking to a brain cancer survivor, and Dan McDowell is with us today. So, Dan, you look like a picture of healthiness. Does that is that a word? <laughs> healthiness. You look like the picture of health. How about that? But you look you look great, and I'm like thinking you're smiling. You look great, and you're a person that has had cancer. Yeah, sort of been a positive person my my uh-huh. whole life. And I try not to let it affect me in any way, which I, I think has been beneficial that, you know, I have the ability to still get around and do mm-hmm. things in it. And I never let it sort of pull me down in a way. Right. So here you are on vacation. Tell me a little bit about that, how you discovered all this coming around. And, yeah, and so you were and you were like, how old were you at the time? I was I would have been 34. It was just about two years ago, a little over two years ago. My wife and I were on a European vacation. We had spent three days in Budapest, had taken a train to Austria, to Vienna, on a Saturday, sort of spent the afternoon out and, and had two days planned. Uh, mm-hmm. So we got back to the hotel early, you know, scheduled our next two days, mm-hmm. went to bed. I remember waking up early, probably about 6 a.m. to use the restroom, went back to bed, and I remember waking up to my alarm at 8 a.m. I sat up on the side of the bed, looked at my cell phone, and the next thing I remember is emergency medical services in our room and my wife sort of crying <laughs> intensely. Oh my Crazy. So, you know... What had the, happened? I had had a seizure. It was just a, my first seizure ever. Mm-hmm. So far, it's been my only seizure ever. What what had happened is I guess the, the location of my tumor was in the left temporal lobe, which is sort of like, I guess, the location of seizures that happen. Okay. It's whatever I think I learned through the whole process right. that like the left temporal lobe mm-hmm. is not a real important part of your brain. And if you have seizures, <laughs> okay. like you can get a significant amount of it removed to help with the seizure control. But um, I think because of where the mass was, it's what caused the seizure. Um, never really had any symptoms at all didn't notice it, didn't really see anything. The one thing that we found out in, after it all happened was with the, you know, the change of, of the time and, mm-hmm. and, and that type of thing may have caused some... You so know, the time change of, going over to Europe was a little bit, you know, it probably shook up your system a little mm-hmm. bit and some things happened and you were not quite in balance. Right. And so your brain said, we're not in balance and, and it kind of set it off. So that was the trigger. Yep. Yeah. So, so that, thank heavens for vacation. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. And yeah. So we. It was really kind of crazy too, being in a foreign country and them speaking German and not English oh, very well. And yeah. You know, I, I remember my wife telling me that one of the craziest parts was is you know one of the the EMTs, you know, had a little bit of broken English mm. and 
would ask me a question and and I would answer with some ridiculous answer and he'd be like, oh, okay. And she'd be like, no, that's that is not appropriate, not the right. right answer. Yeah, I know. That's always the thing you do when someone has something that happens when they have a fall or whatever and they kind of maybe have, you know, something going on, a concussion or whatever. You always ask them, who's the president, <laughs> right? And, and so, or, or what year is it? And if they have the wrong response. So, yeah, so their language could definitely be an issue, yeah. but at least your wife was there and kind of keeping everything under control. And so... So did she, did you guys speak German at all? Not really. I took no. German in high school, but didn't okay, really not enough. retain anything. So. Yeah. Okay. So so you go to they take you to the hospital, mm-hmm. I'm sure, and then they do some tests. They did a they did a CT scan when we got there, mm-hmm. and you know the 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 doctor in the ER was really great actually, and he mm-hmm. said you have a brain mass, and they admitted me. They, uh, okay. All right. Okay. You have a brain mass, and they admitted me. That sounds like a pretty big sentence to it make. was and he was he was actually really good about it um, yeah and and he you know he obviously knew that it was a pretty big deal and it would affect yeah. us pretty well it, but they did admit me to to sort of insure it mm-hmm. one to make sure that i was going to get an mri they only had a, one mri machine so it's like any other emergency that came in took advantage of it sort of, it, yeah you've got to figure out where right. you go on the priority list right yeah so we we i was admitted they ended up doing the mri later in the day just to verify that it was a, a, a brain tumor mm-hmm. and just kind of still sat in the room. Uh, at 8 o'clock that evening, they asked my wife to leave, so she had to go back to the hotel by herself because mm-hmm. it was an all-male room mm-hmm. and she couldn't stay. Oh. And an hour after that is when the neurosurgeon came in to tell me that he wanted to do surgery the, the next morning. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And they don't even speak the same language, really. And so here you are in, in Austria... And you're thinking, well, I just want to go see the walls, right? And but so so, did you say, stop right there? Well, it was part of it. I, yeah. I guess what the the whole drive behind that was, they couldn't release me on a domestic flight mm. because if say I had another seizure and they had to make an emergency landing, right. I was responsible for it. Oh, so that's why he wanted to do the surgery. But you know, my thought was, well, I don't. My wife's not here with me. She's at the mm. hotel. And he said, you know, we do surgery the next morning, and it would be about nine days probably before I could get released for a flight home. And so I was like, I, I don't want to do this right now. I want to figure it out. And I ended up calling my wife, and I was out in the elevator lobby. I remember sort of crying like, well, I, I don't want to do this. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, my gosh, you're going to cut in my head. This and is he insane. Was, he was actually walking through there listening to the conversation and said to me that there is a possibility for an air ambulance. And that's when mm. we ended up calling Highmark mm-hmm. and tried to get that because we, we wanted to be home to, to go oh. through this, whatever had to happen. Yeah, because you just don't know. I mean, that's crazy. So I guess the immediacy of everything happened within that seizure to being diagnosed, this the scan being diagnosed, you need surgery right away. That's just a matter of a couple days. It was that, it's pretty hard to digest, the right? The majority of that happened within that first day. Yeah. Like it was it was kind of crazy. And when we made the, the call that night, you know, seizure first thing in the morning, that night late, when we made my wife made the call to Highmark, that's when it really started to go into effect to get the air ambulance scheduled to get home. So what did Highmark do? Did they say, get back here right now? Essentially, yeah. yeah. And that's that's what it was. It was They then put me in touch with the head of neurology at mm-hmm. AGH, and he 
talk directly with the the neurologist in that hospital while the whole you know making sure that the medication was right that they were all on board with the same the, and the language the was time. not an issue I'm guessing I had that all figured out no, it was That's it was good the, the neurologist that was there well, he was actually really he was a really nice guy and, and didn't have any issue with him so he was mm-hmm. happy to and they actually let my wife stay after that you know so nice. but we we ended up spending it was about three days in the hospital in Vienna before mm. we were able to get to the flight to get back here. Yep. And then when we got back, I, I actually got admitted to AGH for something about three days, just doing some additional testing. I got, you know, I got two additional MRIs. So the people in Vienna are talking to your people back here in Pittsburgh, and they say we can get you back here. Mm-hmm. So they give you an air ambulance. Yes. And how does that work? So the air ambulance was, it's essentially a smaller plane. We had a, we actually had to ship a lot of our luggage back because it's, you Too know. Too small for that. It is. And, wow. And what it ended up being is there was three pilots, a doctor, and an EMT as mm-hmm. the, the flight crew. Wow. I was sort of strapped in a, in a gurney the majority of the time, not the entire time, but, you yeah. know, but we made three stops in Greenland, Iceland, and Newfoundland. Wow. And then And then landed in Pittsburgh. Okay. So you land at Pittsburgh International. Mm-hmm. Ambulance is waiting? Yep. Ambulance is waiting. Wow. Um, it was actually on the, you know, like the, the business side mm-hmm. of 376 in that mm-hmm. kind of like FedEx area. Yeah. Because um, you're a special package. Yeah. They got an, uh, an ambulance directly to AGH where I was then admitted mm-hmm. right after that. So. And so they're waiting for you at the hospital and mm-hmm. you get in there and what happens next? Just, uh, you know, started doing all blood work and all that kind of stuff. The one test that was it was pretty big was it's called a WADA test. Mm. And essentially, like, your brains are kind of crazy and you don't ever really realize it. You know, the fact that you mm. only kind of use 10% of your brain. Right. So the, hopefully this is the part that you don't <coughs> need very much well, of the, that's the the one, affected, right? The, the one big impact that the, the neurosurgeon at AGH had concern with was your short-term memory is in your left temporal lobe. Mm. So based on the MRI that they had done at AGH, they they realized that the tumor was sort of abutting that. Okay. Sort of going back to it, what we realized in, in the past was I was sort of having some short-term memory issues, but okay. didn't really put anything to it. Right. You know, it was well, one of those but you're only 34. That, right. When you get to be my age, it's not all this just kind of happens, you know. But but yeah, so and that's and as I've been doing some research on your type of, of brain cancer, which is very rare, but some of the things that that can happen that people need to pay attention to, like headaches, being dizzy, memory loss, short-term memory loss, the seizures for sure, and and things like that that can happen where you just don't feel right. Vision mm-hmm or any of those things can be a trigger to say, pay attention, this could be serious, have this checked out. Yeah. And so you, you look back and you say, this could have been one That's, of the triggers, but the seizure was really... Yeah, and that, and that just yeah. sort of came on out of nowhere. Right. Um, but it was funny, you know, they, they say hindsight's twenty twenty. so right. it's like, oh, well, that's why I was repeating myself. Exactly. You know, I'd say something in the morning and say the yeah. same thing at night and then be like, oh, I must have just forgotten. You right. know, I didn't think anything of it. Right, um, wow. But what, what that ended up being after the MR at AGH in the short-term memory bank is, had that been there for a really long time, there was the possibility that my brain moved my short-term memory to, like, my right temporal lobe. Wow. So they did this test called the WADA test. Mm-hmm. And essentially what it did was it they asked me 10 questions, 
and shut off the right side of my brain mm. to cool. ask the same questions. <laughs> and if I answered them all incorrectly, it's a po- you know it was possible. And and the yeah. reason behind this was because of the location with the short term memory and some of the other you know elements of your brain that could have nerve problems that cause future problems. Is they wanted to decide if they were going to be able to do just mm-hmm. a you know fully a sleep surgery or an awake surgery. Wow. Um, wow. So AGH is doing this and. It's a rare brain cancer, but you had to feel like these guys knew what they were doing. Well, right? I did definitely, and, and the awesome. thing that the thing that was crazy too is, you know, I didn't realize no one really thought it was cancer okay. when when the mass was seen. It was based on you know the MRI size and everything. They just thought it was a brain tumor. They didn't think that it okay. It so had a tumor is different of, than cancer, right? And this okay. was all it was just all based on the there. location. So mm-hmm. you know, we found out though that the test that I answered like eight out of 10 correctly. So they had to do an awake surgery. Whoa. I think the, the real benefit of the awake surgery was, I, you know, I, I don't remember it. It was sort of that borderline right. twilight sleep. All right. Um, but I had, had a like note cards and, and all these images that oh, at the very wow. beginning, they asked me questions on what this mm-hmm. is, what's this. And I had to answer them. And then through the entire surgery, they asked me and showed me those same questions. And I, was awake and answering them and, you know, how to move Did my hands have, and my well, feet. This, and, this felt like it should have been a theater. You know, like how you <laughs> see the theater with everybody up above watching and saying, this is a really interesting surgery of what's going on because this is not just like mending a broken bone, right? I mean, yeah. that's it's it seems so so complicated. And the benefit of it all was because it was the awake surgery, they essentially eliminated, they got the entire mass out and they were that's able awesome. to take additional, you know, brain cells out that... Mm-hmm. That could that, have been affected. Right. Right. That were so up against it. Was, it right. They were able to take more out. I've not, luckily, not had any short-term memory issues mm-hmm. post-surgery. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was, it, was kind of a, it was kind of crazy. But the, the funny thing about all of it was that, you know, we went from having a seizure, finding out there was a brain tumor, and, you know, the doctor saying I want to do surgery tomorrow to <laughs> my neurosurgeon here was like, well, you know, it's not a huge rush. Well, you know, right. I had to go and I had to get my heart checked and my lungs mm-hmm. checked and I had to get all these things to make sure that I was okay for surgery. Right. And then it was, it's, it, so we're just in, so we're, we just have done your two year anniversary Yep. or we call it cancerversary. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, and yeah. it's, it's, it was nice to know that it wasn't a huge rush to make sure everything was done so I could get out of the country. It was, I'm yeah. here and I can, you know, we can push it and make sure we do, we go about everything correctly. So this was cancer. So, but it was all contained. So they were able to take it all out. They did the surgery. Did you do anything else? Was there chemotherapy? Did, was yeah. there radiation? So both. I, there was this one little element within the, within the biopsy that proved that it was the anaplastic mm-hmm. astrocytoma. Words you've never had to know before. Never know. I know. And I, and I like you, like you. I said, through this whole process, yeah. I, I've never really Googled anything. I never mm-hmm. Googled the doctors. It was like yeah. my parents would look and be like, no, you're good. You're good. Okay, the, good. Yeah, you got your team, good. right? It was, so I just, awesome. you know, because of being positive, I never mm-hmm. really wanted to, to put myself in a position where I was upset about something or right. wasn't trusting what it became. But right. so I had a post-surgery. I had about a, I was only off work for a month, which was really good. Wow. And then I did six weeks of radiation mm-hmm. and did an oral chemo mm-hmm. every day through that process as well. And because you look like you're in really good shape, you probably did pretty well, right? Yeah. I, and yeah. I, was, I was fortunate. You know, what, mm-hmm. 
my my oncologist is amazing and what she did is i was in a really aggressive treatment that because of the type of cancer that i had has a 95% chance of coming back. Awesome. Oh, um, it, it the cancer has a 95% chance of coming back? Yes. And that's Holy why she was smokes. trying, you know, and it, you never know. She always says you never know when. It could be five years, ten years. It may never come back. They don't But really, it's so rare. How much do they really know? I don't you know. know. They only know what they know. Yeah. Because, and so to keep that positive attitude, I would say you're going to be the 1%. You're going to be the 5%. That's that's my hope. And that's what she's really trying to get me to. And that's what, because I'm young Mm -hmm. enough and I'm healthy otherwise, Mm -hmm. to do the aggressive treatment is what she wanted to do to try and either- Stop this from even thinking about coming back. Or delay it for as long as possible so I can live my life and be happy. So Mm. that, the initial with the radiation, which was preventative, the chemo that I was taking during that process, Mm -hmm. it all ended- right before Christmas in, in mm-hmm. 2017. Yeah. And then I had another month off before she went into this sort of, I don't know if it's a trial treatment or mm-hmm. it's just, it's something that... Something new. It, it's something new. Mm-hmm. I did actually meet another gentleman who had the same treatment that I was that I had. But what it ended up being is I had a two different types of chemo. One was an IV chemo, so I had mm-hmm. a port installed. Okay. Um, And that lasted six weeks. And then I would do the same, like a five-day treatment of that same oral chemo that I did during the radiation. And Mm -hmm. that would last a month. So I ended up doing six cycles of that. And the last treatment was in May of this year. Mm, Wow. Um, Okay. I've had I've had PET scans, I've had MRIs, I've had they're all that, watching and you. They're all and they're all clear. So and see, I think that's the important part is to know that you have your team, you're confident in your team, and then they say, "Go away, we'll see ya." And but they'll say, "We're going to see you because yeah. we're going to watch you and we're going to look and make sure that we're monitoring everything's good." Mm-hmm. And so, what do you do from here? How do you stay on course to be the best person you can be to to live? I'm right now. I'm on the the three month MRI schedule, so mm-hmm. at least you know, know that I'm yep. staying clear and everything's good. But mm-hmm. I mean, we try and live my life. Like I yeah. just, I, I, you know, we don't know or have any idea what's going to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. So my wife and I are, we're traveling and trying to see as much as we can and, and just live happy, Loving fun life. life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And a new appreciation for the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. That's and, awesome. you know, and, and I think it, it also sort of changes me that I, I try to be less judgmental of everybody because you never really know what someone's going through or how they're handling yeah. it or what their situation is. Right. It's just trying to be as positive as possible about everything. Cause you don't look sick. <laughs> you don't look like you had cancer. Your hair is all there. It's like, I know they did radiation and things yeah. like that. And there, and there could be no hair there, but you look, you know, you look like you could go out there and, you know, attack the world. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. And I lost a little bit of hair during the radiation, mm-hmm. but it all came back and I was oh, that's good. That's great. And right. I do have, you know, I have a big scar, but you know, yeah. it's one thing that I'm okay with. And yeah, yeah, it's good. Well, thank you so much for coming in and yeah. talking to us today. It's been an amazing story, and you know, I, I love that you are smiling on the other side of cancer. That's what we want to do, and cancer doesn't like that, yeah. right? Right. And I just, you know, I I appreciate being able to talk about it, and, and the everyone that i've dealt with at, at allegheny health network and and with ahn has been amazing they're, they they're like life. a second family and yeah. you know it's it's i owe so much to them that they they don't even realize you know and mm. i'm fortunate that i got to ring two bells in in the hospital so it's awesome uh, it's pretty it's pretty great to to 
be able to experience it that way. Good. All right. Well, good health to you. All right. Thanks. That's Dan McDowell, a brain cancer survivor and my guest on our I Had Cancer podcast. Make sure you check back again next week for another inspiring survivor story on I Had Cancer. If you'd like to be a guest on a future I Had Cancer podcast, send an email to ihadcancer at highmarkhealth.org with your name and phone number. The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the participants and do not reflect the views or opinions of AHN, its subsidiaries or affiliates. You should not use this information to diagnose or treat a health problem or disease without consulting with a qualified health care provider. Please consult your health care provider with any questions or concerns you may have regarding your condition.